Hi, folks. Welcome to episode 70 of the Wealth on Any Income podcast. This is where we talk about money tips, techniques, attitudes, and information, and provide inspiration. I'm your host, Rennie Gabriel. In past episodes, we spoke about how to build an income and expense report, how to measure the level of pleasure based on where you spend your money, how to track your money in five to 10 seconds, and what to look for in a net worth statement to see how close you are to complete financial choice. Last week, we had as our guest, Fritz Gilbert. His award-winning blog is all about having a quality retirement that has little to do with the financial aspect. And today we have as our guest, Rob Bedell. Rob has successfully built and restructured many businesses. He now coaches and advises business owners on how to grow their business. Rob, welcome to the Wealth on Any Income podcast. Thanks for having me, Franny. You got it. Well, let's get right to it with some questions. Tell me a little bit more about what you do and why you do it. I am a business coach and advisor, and uh, the fun I kind of got into it just this year because for the last uh, over a decade, I've been an outsourced or fractional VP of sales. And what that means is, you know, fractional CFOs have been around for a long time. Uh, but yes. what I'd, I'd do the same thing on a sales level as a VP of sales. I'd go into a company, look at how their sales set up, put in a sales process, set up lead scoring, do all the basic things that all the big companies, all the big corporations do, but a lot of times the smaller businesses don't really think of. And then uh, for the past couple of years, I had people keep coming up to me and go, do you do coaching? And I was like, no, I don't do coaching. And then three people last October came in and said, do you do coaching? I'm like, maybe I should look into this coaching thing because people keep asking me for it. Yeah. Uh, so I started coaching. Uh, actually, I was partnered with another company who came in and got me going for the first few months. So I really started focusing on my coaching in July. Mm, and oh, I, already okay. have, I already have some clients on board uh, and they're already seeing the difference in, in what they're doing. Uh, fabulous. Uh, so it's recent. That's number one. And number two, what I'm hearing out of that is that someone can have in a particular niche, be doing some specific work and can transition into coaching if that's something that they choose. Mm -hmm. And you had some clients who helped you choose that, it sounds like. <laughs> um, well, yeah, and it was, it was just fun. I mean, uh, you know, and I didn't really think of it for a long time. because, And then, you know, last year, at one point, I was talking with one of my clients. And I, I got off the phone with him. I'm like, you know, something I just realized I was coaching him. <laughs> I'm just not getting paid to do it. So now I decided, hey, <laughs> might, as well, might as well get paid to do that as well. Yeah. Yeah. It's fun to get paid to do the things you enjoy doing or you were doing for free. Yeah. Uh, is there a particular charity that you support? And tell me if so, what they do. Uh, I love the Boys and Girls Club of America. Uh, and they basically, a lot of times what they do is they help out single parents. So that they give mm. their kids somewhere to go after school. And they actually have a bus that goes to a lot of the schools and picks up the kids and takes them to the boy. So they have a secure place to go until the parents get ready to pick them up. Oh, that, that, terrific. Yeah, I, I was a latchkey kid. So um, it would have been nice if I had somewhere to go and, and be occupied instead of just mm -hmm. taking care of myself. So tell me, what kind of business clients do you have? I've pretty much worked with people across the board. You know, usually they're smaller businesses, uh, you know, anywhere from uh, a million to, to $20 million a year, uh, sometimes larger if, you know, they, would, they need me to come in to kind of restructure some things. But for right now, uh, I, for instance, I have a chiropractor I'm working with right now. I'm working with a dry cleaner and I'm also working with an IT company. 
Mm-hmm. Now, is the the uh, chiropractor generating a million a year in revenue? Uh, not yet. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Tell me what your biggest fear or failure, whether it was personal or business, what that might have been. I'm trying to remember. Uh, you'll have to forgive me. I'm, I've been running around like crazy for the last week. I'm, this is the last day, and then I'm actually going on vacation tomorrow. So Okay. Well, one of the things that you told me was it had something to do with formatting your own book. Ah, <laughs> yes. That was a big one. Thank you for reminding me. Uh, yeah, it was because I wrote a book. I wrote a sales book, but I wrote a sales book for business owners because I did a webinar for what setting up a sales process does. And at the end, you're asking me questions like, when we set aside time for a business development or customer acquisition, I was like, you mean sales? Randy, you could hear them groan. And I was like, wait, stop. What are you, are you, are you, what do you think sales is? And I got some of the old answers. It's influencing. It's controlling the conversation. I was like, okay. Zig Ziglar, Dale Carney, giant among men today. Yep. Geniuses. But sales has changed dramatically. And so I went through a few things with them. I'm like, that's the book I need to write. I need to write a sales book for business owners. And I knew I'd need to get an editor in it. But me thinking I can do everything myself, I sat there and said, I want to learn how to format the book. And so I got this lady to work with me. And I was like, will you help me? Will you show me how to do it? And she kind of looked at me and she's like, okay. And so after like a week of working with her straight, and she goes, okay, now we get to the hard part. And I was like, wait, now we get to the hard part. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I said, this, would this be easier if I just gave it to you? And she's like, yes, I gave it to her running an hour and a half later. She had it back to me. Oh, and, uh, oh, oh, and I was just like, what? And, and the thing that killed me is I didn't take my own advice. And I always tell business owners, if you don't know something, if you're not really good, outsource it. Have somebody else do it for you. If you're not good at sales, bring somebody in that's good at sales. If you're not good at marketing, if you're not good at accounting, whatever part of your business you're not good, outsource it. And so I kind of humbly had to take my own advice and uh, eat a little crow on that one when I finally realized, oh, what am I doing? Yeah, that's so funny because one of my mentors had a fabulous expression, which was, fish can't see the water they're swimming in. So, you know, when someone else needs to outsource, you can see it when yeah. you needed to do it. You were blind to it. Yes. Blind to it until it got to push come to shove. And then finally I was like, okay, that's a bunch. That's a week or week plus. I think it was closer to two weeks that I'll never get back again. And, yeah. And, and it really would have only taken an hour and a half and, and the, what you would have paid her for that. Instead, you spent an hour, two weeks of your own time. Yeah. And that's the way I looked at it. It was like, well, okay, that cost me a heck of a lot more money to do that. It should yeah, exactly. So that may be similar to this question about what are the common mistakes your prospects make? It is. It is very similar. So people not understanding that they can reach out for help, that they can help. They're, they're not in it alone. And this is what I always tell business owners. You might own your own business, but you don't have to be in business alone. And it's something that once people realize, once they figure it out, it's like, oh, I mean, a lot of the things that I teach uh, business owners when I coach them, Randy, it's not rocket science. Yeah. You know, a lot of the things in my book, it's it's all this stuff. I've had people read my book and come back to me and say, I knew this. I knew this. <laughs> I knew that. And I was like, then go ahead and do it. And, you know, a lot of the times I, and I have this saying throughout the book is like, it's all common sense stuff. When common sense becomes common practice, that's when you find success. Yes. And unfortunately, I found common sense isn't all that common either. Unfortunately, uh, but but you know what it reminds me of is that you know never I was thinking of putting you on the spot with well no I'm I'm going to bring it up right <laughs> now um, I have a book called The Attitudes of the Wealthy and one of the things that you just spoke about reminded me of one of those attitudes where instead when they hear familiar information 
Like, you know, you talk about something that's common and someone says, well, I, I read your book and I know that it's irrelevant <laughs> because um, I can, okay. I'll ask you a question. I'm going to put you on the spot. Have you heard of the expression, pay yourself first? Yes. Okay. Uh, can you explain it? Uh, it, it's, it makes, it makes sure you take care of yourself and it, everyone is always quick to pay out all the bills and think about the money that they pay. And I have heard it. I am not fully versed on it. Uh, so I'm sure I can learn some from you on, on it. Okay. So that, that's exactly what I'm getting to. When a person with a wealthy mindset hears familiar information, they don't make statements like, I know that I knew that I've done that. I've seen that. Instead, they ask questions like, Hmm, how would that work for me? Or where would that fit in my operation? Or when will I begin that? Or who could support me with that? And that's what makes the difference. So when you're having a conversation with someone about, you know, the information in your book, and they say, well, I knew that. Said, yeah. But what questions came up about you putting it into action? Yeah. So, yeah, you can. Yeah. So anyway, it, it just reminded me of that conversation. So, but do you have an example of uh, someone who followed your advice, some case study and what the result was? Yeah. And there's a lot of companies that I've worked with. Uh, and the, the first thing that I always told business owners, do you have your value proposition down right? And it, people are amazed at what it happens. I worked with this insurance inspection company, father-son team. They had a great product. They had the best product in the industry as far as I was concerned. And good, great guys. And I sat down with them. I'm like, what's important? What are you guys all about? What, what do you offer? They're like, well, we have the best time, service, and quality. Time, service, and quality. I'm like, okay, great. I went out to three of their best clients. I sat down with them. I'm like, listen, insurance inspection companies, they're a dime a dozen. Why do you work with these guys? They all said the same thing, right? They're like, in this industry, in insurance, there's always going to be problems. And when there are problems, we know we can call or email them. They'll find out what happened, who's involved, and how to make sure it doesn't happen again, and get back to us within 24 to 48 hours. I was like, huh. It's like, that kind of counts, sounds like customer service and communication. They're like, yeah, they do it. Not a lot of other people do. Mm. I asked all three of them, like, what about time, service, and quality? They all said the same thing. If you're not doing time, service, and quality, you're not working in this industry. So we changed the messaging from time, service, and quality that everyone else was beating their chest about to customer service and communication. We said, listen, in this industry, there's going to be problems. When there are problems, we're in it with you. We're not, you're not let, let in there alone. And that next year, they grew 26% year after that, 63%. So by correcting their value proposition alone, it made them more dominant in the marketplace. Yeah. And I remember in an earlier conversation, you said there are three questions to ask to get to the value proposition. Yep. Uh, let me have you repeat those three questions. Yeah, it, it's easy. And, and it's so funny too, because business owners are like, that's, that's it? And it's like, yeah. Uh, you know, what value did I bring that you expected? What value did I bring that you didn't expect? And my favorite, what's the best thing about working with me? From those three things, they, and I've done, this, I've done this for so many business owners this year, because I tell business owners, listen, I'll give this to you for free. Go out and see if it works. If it works for you and you're really happy, then come back and see if I can help you anymore. Every time they come back to me and go, Rob, I can't believe that. It, and we're, now we're saying something completely different than what we we're saying before. And Randy, the problem is business owners, and I do it myself, business owners get in their own head. So they speak their language. Yes. They need to learn to speak their customer's language. You know, and I actually had to do that assessment for myself when I started coaching. And everyone's like, well, what do you do? I coach, well, what does that mean? It's like, 
so I don't say I coach anymore. I say, I, I help business owners find the money that they're leaving on the table. And that's, yeah, exactly. So you found your own value proposition. <laughs> so now is there a, a, a free resource that you can direct people to that can further support them in their businesses? Yeah. I mean, the best way to probably get me or, or to re, you know, reach out is, would be to, on LinkedIn. Uh, oh. Just type Rob Bedell and I come up really, really fast. I mean, that's okay. probably the easiest and fastest way. And I, I post a lot of things on LinkedIn. I give some advice, some tips on you know, different types of business, you know, especially with the sales part of it. Great. Well, what I'll do is I'll, I'll put uh, your LinkedIn connection in the show notes so people can just click on it. Okay. What's the main issue that holds business owners from having a business that can run without them? Uh, a lot of times, it, again, it's just, sometimes it's too personal that they think they need to be involved with it 24-7 and that they, they, the business can't survive without them. And I tell every business owner that thinks that it's like, if you have to be at your business eight, 10, 12 hours a day, and you have to be there five, six, seven days a week, you don't own a business. You have a job because mm. if you're not there, it doesn't exist. Uh, so I work with business owners to let them kind of free up some of that and have people run the business for them so they can actually take vacations and enjoy their life, ha- owning a business and having it run without them. And I think once business owners have that mindset of I don't need to run this whole thing. I can have people run this. And again, they're providing income for a lot of people that work with them. So they're providing a great service that this country loves. That's what this country is built on. So uh, it, it's the one thing that I think once business owners realize is like, I don't need to do all of this. I can actually get help and I can have people even eventually run it for me. Yeah. And uh, there are business owners that I've worked with over the years that they had inspired their employees to the extent that the business made more money when they left than when they hung around. Yep. And well, and it's, there's, there's a mindset change that needs to happen because when a business owner starts, they're on that entrepreneurial mindset because they have to do everything. They have to be, I understand that I was there. It's like, you know, I have to do everything. I got to do it all. And then once, you know, People, once they get to a certain point, they need to change from entrepreneurial to the CEO mindset. Of, yes. I'm the CEO. Now I can have them do this. I can have, I understand everything. Now I can have them do it. And if any pop-ups or any problems, I can go back in and fix it, but they can do it without me. Yeah. And if you wanted to know what was involved in formatting a book, they could tell you, you don't have to do it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. All right. Well, thank you, Rob. Thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. You're absolutely welcome. And to my listeners, thank you for tuning in. You can listen to the Wealth on Any Income podcast on your favorite platform and please rate, review, and subscribe. And if you'd like to know how books, movies, and society programs you to be poor and what the cure is, then log on to wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. You'll hear my TEDx talk and can request a free 27-page roadmap to complete financial choice and receive a weekly email with tips, techniques, or inspiration around your business or money. Again, that's wealthonanyincome.com forward slash TEDx. Now we're going to take a break for the Christmas holiday, and our next episode will be on January 3rd, 2022. To all my listeners, Have a wonderful and joyful holiday season and join me next year when we're going to have Dr. Matt Champagne 
talking about his methodology for keeping your best customers and clients forever using effective surveys instead of stupid ones like we've all seen. Until then, be prosperous. Bye-bye for now.